Hey Dan Talks listeners, welcome to another episode of Dan Talks. This week I am talking to John Corella, who is a really interesting guy. He first appeared on television in 1992 on CBS's Star Search with Brittany Spears as a dancer and went on to dance for a lot of other artists and he's performed at Radio City, the Academy Awards, AMAs, Late Show, Tonight Show, and was also really involved in the competitive dance scene. And that led him to be one of the creators and executive producers of Dance Moms. So that in and of itself, super interesting. I was also really interested to talk to John because of his connection um, to faith and his relationship with Jesus and God and um, how he sort of navigates that with being a gay man living in California. So... John has a lot of really interesting insights. We have a really interesting back and forth. Um, I really appreciated him coming on, and I hope you appreciate our conversation too. John, you said you're 45, but you look great. Did you say you said I'm 25? No, I said you said you're 45. Oh, okay. (laughs) Maybe I was hearing 25. Um, Thank you. You know, I, I like to sleep. Get your eight hours. And don't do drugs. Wow. That's what I always, you know, people will ask me. And I think sometimes they're, my ex used to laugh when I would say that when people would say, you look great. And I'd be like, don't do drugs. (laughs) Well, you're in Los Angeles. (laughs) Exactly. So there's where are you? I'm in Wisconsin. Yeah. So less pressure from beauty. (laughs) Cold. Yes. Yes. Cold. Yes. Very cold. But LA has a lot of beautiful people who you seem to, you've had experience seeing them dwindle? Well, (laughs) you know, uh, LA has a lot of beautiful outer. I wouldn't necessarily, that's I don't even necessarily believe that that's people. Mm -hmm. That's just the outer of who we are. Mm -hmm. And um, I've seen that. Yeah. I mean, it's going to dwindle in all of us. And I've seen people not know what to rest on when it does dwindle, especially gay men. Yeah, I've lost some gay um, people. Uh, someone I dated died of an overdose, and uh, not when we were together. But I've seen, and he was older. So I think each generation, you know, I think even the older um, gay gener- of gay men. And I apologize if my words are not always correct. I don't. Um, I'm not always correct with LGBTQ and you know, but older gay men, you know, I'm an older gay man. So I can say that um, I'm older than you. I can tell. So uh, yeah, I think, you know, we're, you know, 1960, you could, this is, that's only 60 years ago. You could go to jail for going to a gay bar. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I think we've tend, I, I, even I tend to forget that. And so it was, it, it, you know, that generation of, that I know this man who passed away, you know, he was beautiful on the outer and started getting older. And I don't, he didn't know how to cope with that. And then with all, as you know, I'm assuming you're gay. I never even asked you. Yes. No. Yes. Okay. Um, So as you know, already coming into bringing our past of growing up gay in a straight society in Wisconsin and Arizona, can be challenging. It's interesting that you bring up um, that this is a problem with gay men in particular. We were just talking about how 
the way that I found you on Instagram was you had a comment on a gay meme page that was something about how this doesn't represent all gay men or this isn't all gay men aren't like this. And I'm wondering where that comes from because you are like in the eye of the storm in Los Angeles. Are you in West Hollywood also? Wow. You just scared me. The eye of the storm. The eye uh, of the middle. I of the actually, storm. I live in uh, Santa Monica now. Oh, okay. And so it's so peaceful here. It's beautiful. There is gay people in Santa Monica, <laughs> <laughs> just like there are in Wisconsin. Um, and, but yes, I lived in Hollywood for a good, since 2007. Yeah, 2000. So, and I moved last year. So what is that? Like 15 years-ish? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's the eye of the storm for straight people as well. For, um, but yes, you know, um, I'm definitely, uh, LA can be all about outer. Well, I don't want to say that. It, 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 a part of it is majority of outer. So yes. Yeah. Well, it's not terribly controversial to say. No, I know it's not controversial, but I don't like to pigeonhole anyone, mm -hmm. even people that are struggling with that, so to speak, meaning identifying with their outer, because that's just a part of them. So I don't like to do that with anybody. Yeah. Is it even okay people for... that disagree with me? Uh -huh. Is it okay for you to um, be so virtuous about the outer because you're so beautiful? Well, it's beautiful in whose eyes, but um, well, I mean, I guess, I guess I would say that, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure people would probably say, you know, I know that I'm privileged in that sense. And people will probably roll their eyes. Like, of course, he's going to say that, like, you know, he's not really having to deal with um, the struggles of being maybe having a health issue, disabled, overweight. Um, but you know, the the closer you get to that ideal, it can be a dog eats world. The closer you get to that ideal with steroid use, with, um, the amount of abs you have, you know, um, and that's something that causes, you know, I commented on that. I don't, do you know what meme it was? I know, I forget. <laughs> I was going to say what it was regarding, but I think, you know, I just feel a lot of sadness over the suffering that I see in West Hollywood and that I've experienced at the effect of West Hollywood and suffering I've been through. And, um, you know, I feel gay men have you know, we've been wounded where we can't even turn, we've been even taught, you can't even turn to God when you're wounded. You know, that's like the collective, like, or at least it's like, well, I mean, I can't even go to God because I'm gay and I have this addiction or this issue or this insecurity or, and so um, I think it's helping people wake up with my choices and, um, and, and just including all you know, being inclusive of all, not just, you know, I think gay media can, or that meme can just show this. Mm -hmm. And that's not fair. 
you know, it's not even fair to me. I mean, you might say I am beautiful and your eyes are cute, but I still don't feel inclusive in um, the gay community being uh, going to that I go to church, that I pray, that I meditate, that I believe in Jesus, that I don't want to do steroids, that I don't want to do drugs. So um, let's talk about that, your faith and your relationship to God, because that is something that my, my first boyfriend I ever had, he took me to a church once. And then after he was like, I just don't know if I could ever be with someone who didn't accept Jesus as their savior. Hmm. And I was like, I did not think this was part of the program when I started dating men, <laughs> but apparently it can be. <laughs> well, and you're in, you're in Wisconsin. So well, okay. at, that, at that point I was in North Carolina. I grew up in Maine, went to college. Oh, North Carolina, okay. 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 Lived in New York. So. Now I'm in Wisconsin. Yeah. But tell me about that relationship. Cause was there, did you grow up with it? Was there a break? Did you come back? Has it always been part of your life? I did grow up in it. You know, my parents are, um, I call them evangelicals. They, they probably wouldn't, you know, in their minds, they don't, they, they don't go to church all the time, but we did growing up. Um, I have a brother who's gay. So, you know, one thing I thank my mother for is, you know, my mother's still alive and she, and my father, but she created this sense of, I always wake up as a kid and see her at 6am in the kitchen in her robe with her Bible, having that one-on-one downloading that first, you know, um, that experience with God or communication or, you know, a good start to the day. You know, and my mother's a very loving woman, maybe too at fault. Um, but, you know, so it was, I thank her for that. Do I thank her for, or them, for the churches they took us to? Probably not. You know, the spiritual abuse, the trauma, um, the um, deception, I think there's incredible deception right now in the American church. They've hijacked Jesus. You know, that's how I look at it. They have hijacked Jesus. Um, and kind of t- t- like, this is mine. This is my own. When I always had a really p- great understanding of Jesus, of this man where I, I think and if that's too loud, let me know, because they're starting to do the lawn. No, I don't hear it. Okay. Um, and I can move to the back room. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, and I think that the thing that was kind of, I had a great, I think from dancing, acting as a kid, understanding of who Jesus was. Like if he walked in the room, I would just feel in, intense love from this man. Though, you know, even the gospels are so beautifully written about him. And I've really hung on to that. It's everything else that has maybe damaged my relationship with that part of me, with God, with the Holy Spirit. And has done that, I feel, to gay men where... I feel gay men, if Jesus was gay, I mean, if I can even, somebody might even say that's blasphemous, but if he was gay, he would be the man that we would love, like as far as internally, 
you know, this. And so it saved my life. It kept me out of reparative that, that relationship with that part in me, you know, of that still small voice, it has saved my life. It kept me out of reparative therapy. I saw a therapist once in my early twenties and my spirit was like, never go back there. And you would think because of church, like the, me- the mental part of church would say, keep going back. But I really trusted that the Holy Spirit. Um, Reparative therapy being like conversion therapy, pray the gay away therapy. He, this man was. Um, or big queen himself. You know, I don't know that, but he actually. <laughs> I do. You know, <laughs> you know, I have to, because I think he was actually a psychologist. So I don't really want to say his name, but I'm sure you can Google him. But he actually was a psychologist and the only one doing it. You know, I am 45. So this is 1999. And I just remember, and that's the thing that I want gay men to know, that still small voice can save them from anything. It, it can. I mean, it did me. I was still, I was going through depression, but it was like, never see that guy again. Never go back. Do not go. And I'm glad I didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm glad I didn't. I, I maybe went through some church type of group but that caused some damage, but not like conversion therapy can, you know? And, um, and I think it's, you know, and I have a, I had therapy earlier today. I'm a big, you know, believer in that. Are you hearing that? Yes. Let's go to the back room. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now I am. I'm going to take off my beauty light. You don't need to brag that you live in Santa Monica and have someone who come and cuts your lawn, but that's fine. Oh, you won't be able to see me as well here, but this oh my is... gosh, the light is so beautiful in California. You guys, this, I, I hate California. I know. It's always oh, so beautiful. Nice. I'll show you later. I mean, it's, I'm 14, I'm close to the beach. Yes. So um, shut up. Okay. <laughs> so I think, um, you know, it saved me and I think it, you know, I heard, I love Marianne Williamson too. You know, I am. what do you think what you made for president? I gave her money. I mean, I mean, I've, I've met her a couple of times. I think she, she has brought in my relationship, you know, she's very controversial within the American church too, you know, mm-hmm. because of she teaches from a course in miracles, which right. is not the Bible, you know, uh, but she talks about the Bible, but she's brought me closer to my relationship with God. And so I, um, but she said, um, let me plug this in. I don't even know what I was trying to say, but, oh, that the mind wants to rest on something. And if it doesn't rest on God or the Holy Spirit, it's going to find something that it probably shouldn't rest on, whether it be men meaning obsession over a relationship, your body, sex, drugs, sex too. You know, I try and be very, how do I say this in a, you know, I, um, it's a struggle for men in general, sex addiction, but I get sad by it in the gay community and it not being at least acknowledged as um, something unhealthy that's holding us back. 
Yeah, I wonder about the relationship between health and liberation. Like, because in some way, I mean, many gays speak of their whole phase. Some are shorter than others. Some are longer than others. Some it's a lifestyle. Some it's a season. Mm -hmm. I think there's nothing necessarily wrong with sleeping with a lot of people if you're doing it in a way that's safe and that you're also having conversation with yourself while you're doing it. Well, and that's where it comes into, that's an individual choice. You know, I will say that it's individually, you know, I'm not here to dictate behavior, but you know, gay media teaches men how to have, or teaches men how to have sex with men, but not how to love men. Mm -hmm. And that's if something is getting in, in the way of intimacy is, um, to numb, to um, objectify, then it's a problem. That's anything. That's food. You know, food can be, food is great. Even though I might, I'm on a fast today and a spiritual fast and I'm maybe not having any till seven, but, you know, but it can flip, you know, your relationship. I think it's the relationship with sex and, um, but it's again, we are a new, we're young, we, meaning we've only been able to be out for 60 years. And half of that was trying to be out sexually. And then the AIDS epidemic came. That's traumatizing. And so trying to figure out this healthy relation where people are saying it's because you're gay. No, it's not because we're gay. You know, like that doesn't make, um, so that, just that relationship of, yeah. Uh, what is your relationship to sex? Oh, well, there you go, Dan, right to it. <laughs> you brought it up. Oh. My re, you know what it, I mean, it's, it's a form of, it's a way to express love. It's not a substitute for love that's my relationship so are you expressing love a lot <laughs> um you know i that had that has nothing to do with my relationship with god dan um but <laughs> well i know. mean there's an implication that that would be one person but that could be multiple people this is all stuff that you don't need to talk about but yeah i mean all I'm saying is that seems a high bar. Really? To use some, to just love and use something loving? To only have sex with people you love, I think seems a high bar. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, yeah. I mean, that's, I think sex without love is dangerous. Yeah, because emotions like, are. That's like the fun part. <laughs> Depends on who you ask, you know, sure, I mean, sure. Um, but also I'm 45. So maybe this is my journey. You know, I didn't always feel that way. Um, I mean, sex is beautiful. I mean, it's supposed, it's, it's supposed to be meaningful. It, it is, it is when used for that. So that's my, um, relationship with sex. What about, um, love? Love. 
I mean, love is in us all. Love is in you. Love is in me. Love is, are you asking? Oh, I mean, yeah, my relationship with love would be, I don't need it because I have it. Like all of us. But to say that we can't be in a relationship, I'm not saying that either. It's just, it's kind of just a different, um, it's very grounding mentality, I feel. And, and then we don't need to go out to um, things that we shouldn't be go- going out to for that love, mm-hmm. you know, when it's limited, you know. Do you describe yourself as spiritual or Christian or religious? I think people would probably give me all those labels still. Um, I say spiritual. I follow Jesus, his teachings, you know, Christian. Right now in my stage, I I mean, I go to a Christian church. I just think it's, it's just a word and it's got, I mean, it's, it's, the, Christ, the American Christian church has hurt a lot of people. So that's probably why I have a hard time. Mm-hmm. But I mean, on my, I tell people I'm Christian, I'm spiritual. So, Do you find that you're, you must find you're a minority in the gay community in terms of people who are following Jesus? I do. But not as much, though. That's the thing, the inclusivity that we're talking about. I think, I mean, I just, maybe in West Hollywood because of inclusivity, you know, but I've meet a lot of great gay men that are, you know, I'm talking to some today during the spiritual fast that are, you know, we're helping each other. Um, and people generally have a really good feeling when you bring up the word Jesus. It's when you bring up the word church that people the you know the community can get turned off Uh uh-huh i find jesus is i went to a catholic church growing up but i never to me church was always just boring because it was like catholic church stand up sit down stand up sit down story about a shepherd or something body of christ get out of there so i never it wasn't like so deeply a part of my life so when people reference Jesus as being the Lord and savior and like the keeper of their heart being and life. I can't imagine an entity or like a figure that I would, that I would put my like life on like that, especially the figure of a man, Mm -hmm. like maybe a woman Mm -hmm. or like a tree or like, river what's your well then maybe i'll just say this what's your how do what comes up for you when you think of jesus as a gay man i think church and whoa (laughs) whoa (laughs) i think whoa i mean ever since that boyfriend was like i don't even know really what it means to be a um like i know that jesus died for our sins and that it's like total devotion to Jesus is like the way home for Christians. But that story has never like landed with me. Well, and that's, I think, cause that story is, has been hijacked by, you said Christians. Mm-hmm. 
where when you have that time in prayer and meditation with God, with Jesus, you know, it's, um, it's essence. It's not form, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not in here. It's in, it's in here. It's a thing that tells you reach out to John. Maybe he wants to do this podcast, you know, it's, or, you know, these, these nudges, these great, um, anything that I've done great never came from my mind. It always came from walking by the spirit, mm-hmm. you know, that all of us can do. It's just so different. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. It's so different. You can call it even Eckhart Tolle, you know, the power of now, um, we are, we are even the, our society, American society teaches us not to do that. Cause then if we feel we have an everything with God, we're not going to go buy anything. We have everything, you know, why do I need? So it's a part of, um, media, egoic capitalism, but have you been in love before? Look at you going in on me. You're just like, I thought we were talking about God. Um, what is, how, how is that any different? Have I been in, you know, it's not any different. I think um, I'm trying to, you know, I wasn't prepared for that question. Um, of course, yes. I'm, and I'm still in love. With a person? Yeah, love never dies. You know, that's why when people even say in love, I can tell your dancer, dance around questions. <laughs> What'd you say? I can tell you're a dancer, you dance around questions. <laughs> no, I just think, you know, even, you know, love doesn't die. It just changes form. Only love is real. That's something that helped me through. Um, even my, I had a breakup a couple years ago and we still are, friends and close and there's still love. And I think that was the thing for me. It wasn't even the breaking apart. It was that where's this love going? Where is it? And it's, it's still there. And um, I think us not knowing that is what hurts us. That's when we feel pain. When we talk bad about an ex, when we um, judge each other within the community It's even something that I, I have to work on, you know, as you know, anything, anyone that's hurt us, whether it's a community, whether it's a person constantly forgiving and having compassion, you know, um, and I mean, forgiveness is amazing. (laughs) You know, it's, it is, um, talk about Jesus there's that's why he did speak about forgiveness so much because it's something that can it shows us who someone really is you know not what they did who they are only only love is real the rest is our flesh and our pain and what you're bringing into the situation and what I'm bringing in um so well speaking of flesh how does dance play into this schema for you um, so you've been in the commercial dance world or like competition dance. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in competition dance, it saved my life. Dance saved my life. You know, if I didn't, that's another thing that 
if I didn't have dance growing up, I wouldn't have had um, that community, community of, I even more, I think about, you know, just girls, you know, I think for me and maybe you, you know, growing up as a young teenage gay boy, girls were always so safe. Girls are the best. Yeah. And very, I didn't realize, you know, like as I got older, like, oh, they were such a safety net for me, even though I didn't tell them I was gay and maybe just so accepting. And, um, and obviously there was more girls in dance, you know, um, but I did commercial for a little bit and then I actually got out of it pretty early on, I would say 23, but, um, you know, again, dance dance can anything can be used that's the great thing about art um it's how we you know the spirit can use the art the dance and the flesh can use the the ego can use the art um it's deciding which one you you use it for but i love dance i mean i i still teach but it's, as I get older, it's different. It teaches, you know, dance and things are changing too so much in the dance world, but um, it's a form of just, especially for me, I think, you know, being gay, my voice was changing, not even changing. I think my voice, you know, like I, for me, I found sounded feminine. That doesn't mean that I'm gay either. You know, my voice might sound different now and that's people conditioning it to sound different that I even remember, but it was very gay and high. And, and I think I didn't even want to go on stage, you know, when you're younger than that, you don't, there's sexuality is like, Oh, whatever. Like we're just 10. <laughs> we're just playing. But then as you start getting older, people will be like, Oh, he's gay or she's that. So even, um, I used to act at a younger age, I'd fly out here and act. And I didn't want to do it anymore. I told my mom and it was, it was because I was, I knew I was gay and I didn't want to have to put that out there and to be faced with that myself and them. So I danced and that's what I'm saying. Dance gave me this safe way of expressing myself. Um, so, and tell me about how you go from having this passion for dance to creating dance moms. Because dance saved my life. <laughs> oh, you mean like how about it? You know, I had a dance company and um, I think I just, the world, you know, to me was it went back then in my mind. It, it was very almost cartoonish, you know, this world I would bring, like, let's say I brought you into it to come watch a dance competition. And I would bring someone that's never seen it. Like, Oh my God, like, what is this? You know, the moms and the dads and the rhinestones and the makeup. And I'm like, Oh, this is a dance competition. They're everywhere in America. <laughs> and, um, you know, they live amongst us. I always say dance moms. <laughs> so it was to showcase that world into um and the talent you know the kids are so talented including 
I mean, even when I was younger, you know, when I was like all of us around that time, we weren't on TV, but definitely talented. I think, so you think you can dance did that in a, the next level, but this one kind of did pre, so you think you can dance. What is, do you feel like you're more spiritual in California? Cause it's so beautiful. <laughs> um, are you being serious? It's uh, kind of, yeah. <laughs> I think it's easier to believe in God when you're looking at the ocean. And it's I didn't always I didn't always live by the ocean though. Um no. Mm-mm. I've been in the desert. I think you can It's more open here, but not always more open for like I said, um for a gay man to believe in Jesus, but what is your dream for the future for yourself? Mm. Meaningful work that'll cause, that'll help people to suffer less and to not suffer. I mean, that's what this is about, you know, even doing this podcast, just to... I guess help gay men know there's they can rest on that part in them, the spirit, God, that they feel has rejected them. And not rest on things that cause suffering, you know, and for us to evolve, you know, and to heal and grow as a community you know, the LGBTQ community and be all inclusive and, and might not, you know, it might not be pretty in the beginning because there's a lot of pain of when there's inclusivity, the pain that that causes, but that's what I hope to see and to help contribute to that. Thanks for coming on, John. Thank you, Dan. So after John and I got off the phone, John realized that he wasn't able to mention his Gay Inspire page, which is a different dedicated Instagram that he runs, and also a movie that Gay Inspire is funding called 1946, which is about a researcher at Yale who found the first instance of the word homosexual being used in the Bible. So we connected again, and this is what John had to add. And regarding my faith as a gay man you know there's a new movie coming out called 1946 that is that uh, gay inspire is actually one of the sponsors on gay inspire is a instagram i had created for gay men pretty much but for everyone to inspire um when instagram had started all i kept seeing was all these shirtless um, gay guys about the body, mean girl memes, things like that. And I just felt gay men need, like I said, something meaningful to lead on, lean on. And so anyways, I had, um, the church that I go to Christ Chapel of the Valley, it's, um, friendly to gay people, if that makes sense, like, but really friendly it's not necessarily 
there's some churches out there, especially in Hollywood, that say they accept gay people, but they really just accept their money. But this church has Gerald Walls. He's a gay man, been leading the church for 30 years now. Anyways, I had um, come across a woman. They had presented a woman how in 1946 um, she had found at Yale these documents of, you know, when homosexuality was put into the Bible. So there's this great film coming out by this director, Rocky. Um, It should probably be out this year, and it's really going to help the gay community. And um, it's something that I think will create that division, like we said earlier when I said, you know, gay men don't really have a problem with when I talk about Jesus, but they have a problem if I talk about church. And that's because men of the church put that word in in 1946.